This morning, I'd like to speak to you on choices. You exercise choices by being here this morning. You made a choice. Which freeway to pass? Am I going to take surface street? Am I going to take the freeway? You made choices. What time, I am, what I'm, what time am I going to wake up? What clothes I'm going to wear? Who is coming with me? Who is going with a friend? Am I going to be part of the music team this morning or maybe next week? You made a lot of choices, right? Yes or no? Yes. yes. So this morning I want for us to go to God's word and to see and learn about choices. Why don't we all stand and honor the reading of God's word? Deuteronomy chapter 30, let's read beginning with verse 15. See? But if your heart... I declare I call heaven and earth you and your descendants by loving the Lord your God in his voice by holding fast to him for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you for your word and the freedom that we have to read it, to preach it, and to live it. God, thank you for the freedoms that we have. We have been liberated, we have been freed from sin because of the sacrifice of your one and only Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be pleased to speak to us, Lord, in whatever way you deem fit, that we may understand your word, that we may have the boldness through your Holy Spirit's power to live it out in accordance with your desires. We glorify you, Lord God. Speak to all of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's all. Please be seated. I can't sit. If I sit, you cannot see me. So you take a seat. Here, we just read in the book of Deuteronomy, the people are about to enter the promised land. The next book after Deuteronomy is Joshua. Moses will eventually die, and he passed the baton on to Joshua. So some of us think, some of us may have read, some of us may have heard on TV, that God will just want to reward you with spiritual blessings. That is farthest from the truth. Hebrews 11 tells us, anyone who comes to God must believe that he is, and what? That he is a rewarder. That he is a rewarder of those who what? Earnestly seek him. In your translations, perhaps it would read, diligently seek Him. So don't just come to God 
as someone you worship. Because he himself said that he is a rewarder. Now, God knows your motives as well. Are you going to God just for the reward? Or are you going to God really to know Him better, to love Him more, to worship Him deeper, to live your life out for His glory? There is a song, I seek the giver, not the gift. But in God's goodness and grace, as you seek the giver, He has what? He has gifts. In the epistles, he says, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. God is giving his people before they cross into the promised land. They, God gave them a choice. Look at it in verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Is that a choice? Yes or no? Yes. You can choose life and prosperity or you can choose death and adversity. That's a choice. I command you today, love the Lord your God, walk in His ways, keep His commandments and His statutes his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord may bless you in the land which you are possessing. If you love God, if you walk in His ways, if you keep His commandments and statutes, His judgment, and you may, what will happen? You will live and multiply, and that the Lord will what? Bless you. He will bless you in the land which you are possessing. However, in verse 17, but, if your heart turns away, you will not obey and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve, serve them. What's the outcome? I declare to you today that you will surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land that where you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. Is God giving you the choice? Yes. Choose wisely. Maybe look at verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. What does God want us to do? Choose. He gives you and I the choice. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. How? By loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice, holding fast to Him. For this is the, your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Does God give us a choice? Therefore, my message this morning is life is about choices. Life is about choices. How did we get to have the ability to make choices? Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. What did God do? God gave man the power to rule over God's creation. What else? 
God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And if God can decide, if God can choose, and God created you in the image and likeness of God, do you have the power to make a choice? Yes or no? Yes. You see, God did not create us as robots. If God did not give us the free will to decide, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord. God gave us the freedom because God created us in his image and likeness. He gave us the freedom to choose. In Genesis 2, 16 to 17, the Lord commanded the man, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely. Do you have a choice? But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. Do you have a choice? Yes. You are free to eat from anything in the garden except that one tree that you are not supposed to eat it. But you still have a choice. If you choose to disobey God and eat from that fruit, which God himself forbade you to eat, what is the consequence? You'll die. You have a choice. Animals are not created in the image and likeness of God. Animals do not have free will. Only human beings who were created in the image and likeness of God have choices, have the free will. To make a choice. Because life is about choices. Now let me share you some principles. The law of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. So your choices have consequences. Your choices have an impact on you, your family, your surroundings, your community, and even your church. What you sow, you will reap. What you plant, you will harvest. For example, you planted a mango tree. Do you expect to harvest lychees? No. What you plant is that which you expect to harvest. Correct? And whatever you plant, you will not necessarily desire to harvest more than what you planted. Yes? In the Philippines, you have lanzones. Ooh. Yes? Ah, man. I'm just thinking about it. It will take anywhere from 15 to 20 years for the Lansones tree to bear fruit. And then after 15 to 20 years, ta-da! One. And it's sour. You don't expect that. You expect to plant one tree and harvest bundles and bundles, bushels of bushels of fruit. Yes or no? What you plant, you will reap. You will not reap what you do not sow. 
You want people to be good to you. But you don't want to be good to other people. How can you expect that? Because you don't plan. There is a time lag between sowing and reaping. But the reaping will definitely come. Remember Samson and Delilah? Time and time again, Samson exposed himself to Delilah. Playing with Delilah. Tell me the secret. Tell me the secret. Tell me the secret. Eventually, after much nagging, what did Samson do? He gave in. He told Delilah the secret of his strength. And what happened? Died. Your decisions will come. And along with it comes the consequence. Sooner or later, the time of reaping will come. There may be a lag. There may be a time gap. But it will come. You are free to choose. But you are not free to escape the consequences of your choice. Let's read this together. You are free to choose, but you are not free to escape the consequences of your choices. Your choices will impact your future sooner or later because some choices do not always have immediate impact. Young people, your boyfriend, your girlfriend tells you, prove that you love me. Have sex with me. Because if you love me, you're going to have sex with me. So you give in. Bad choice. After nine months? That's why when you know you're looking for somebody, hey, are you coming to the D group? On the way, on the way. That's nine months, man. Be careful. Sooner or later, your future should impact your present choices. Your future, what you desire for your future, should impact your current choices. If I want to be a doctor, right? For example, I want to be a medical doctor. So what will you take in college? Fine arts. Your regular grade, arithmetic, science, geometry, trigonometry, calculus, 65. <laughs> Son, what do you plan to be when you grow up? I want to work for NASA. <laughs> yeah. You fill in the blanks. I'm not even going to go there. Right? That makes sense, right? Your future should impact your present choices. What you want to be in the future, you, you must make choices now. If you want to be a professional, study hard. Study hard now. You can't just wing it. And then the interview, they, they, this, they told us to this a long time ago as uh, part of how to interview for a job. There was this applicant, right? And the guy there, one of the managers was interviewing him. So I don't know if it's still the same, but 
uh, how do you see yourself uh, in five years? Uh, yeah. Like the guy said, in five years, I'll be sitting where you're sitting. <laughs> do you think he got the job? No. He made a bad choice. <laughs> he had a lot of answers to do. He had a lot of answers to give, but he said, I'm going to be sitting where you're sitting. He didn't get the job. Because life is about choices. You have the freedom to choose. But there are consequences, both positive and negative, to the choices that you make. Now, before I go on, let me tell you some truths, some unchangeables. These things you cannot change. Okay? So don't sweat it by trying to change these things. You can't. Your parents. You cannot change kids. You cannot change your parents. Your gender. You cannot change your gender. Male and female, he created them. In today's world, what we hear, what we read, what we see on TV. Well, I was born with a male anatomy, but I choose to be a woman. Or I was born with a human anatomy, uh, with a woman anat woman's anatomy, but I choose to be a man. My friend, gender is not your choice. Depends on the number of X and Y chromosomes you come out as either, as either a male or a female. It has nothing to do with your sexual preference, but it has everything to do with your anatomy. And the Bible tells us male and female, he created them. Your brothers and sisters, we can change that. Your birth order, you can change that. Oh, I wish I was the eldest. Why? So I could lord it over them. I wish I was the youngest. Why? So I'm the spoiled one. I'm the seventh of nine children. Nothing to do during the war. Hmm. Have babies. My other cousins, 10 brothers and sisters. My other cousin, 5. Because my uncle died young. <laughs> I cannot change the order of my birth. I'm number 7. So by the time that I was born into this world, my father's career was you know, up there. So I didn't have much interaction with him. But I can't change that. I can't change that. Your race. Not the amazing grace, okay? Your race. You're Latino, you're Hispanic, you're Pacific, you, you know the form? Pacific Islander, right? You feel like that form, yes or no? Pacific Islander, right? You're Asian, you're European, whatever. You can't change that. Your physical features. Only in heaven will I stand six feet tall. <laughs> Only in heaven. And I can't change that. Your time in history. You cannot change that either. Now, some of us were born during the hip, hippie days. Free love, make love, not war, all that stuff. Now we have the what? The millennials, right? Young people like you who think that you're not going to grow old and die. 
We are all going to die, man. Sooner or later, we are all going to die. Make your choice. I was reading just this morning. There's this one husband who made a choice. He even videotaped it. He jumped off the plane as a skydiver. He videotaped it. He sent it to his wife. I'm not going to open the parachute. What do you think happened to him? He died. He made a conscious decision. He texted his wife, I am going to a better place. I am not going to open the parachute. When his wife got it, the wife drove to the, the site. Too late. He made the conscious choice not to pull the ripcord and open the parachute. That was, he, he made a decision. That was going to be his last day. What do these people have in common? We're talking about choices, right? What do these people have in common? Do you know Ernest Hemingway? Yes. Very good writer, right? Very good. How about Margot Hemingway? What do they have in common? Same last name. Very good. Very observant. Margot Hemingway is the granddaughter of Margot Hemingway. Sorry, Ernest, you're, you're awake. Who's the third person? How are they related? What do they have in common? Marielle is the sister of Margot. Both of them are grandchildren of Ernest Hemingway. Popular people. Rich people. What do these three have in common aside from their last name? They all committed suicide. They all committed suicide. Margot and Marielle overdosed. They decided that's it. Popular people, famous people, but they decided this is it. They made a choice. Life is about choices. I have four points for us this morning. Choose your master. Choose your friends. Choose your mate. Choose your mission. Choose your master. Why must we choose our master? Let's read Hebrews chapter 11, 24 to 27. By faith... Than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. Now, Egypt in the Bible is a picture of the world. Moses made a choice. He said, I'm not going to live in Egypt as a prince. I'm going to suffer. I choose to suffer with God's people. Why? Look at what he said. 
considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Why? He was looking for the reward. That reward is heaven. He could have made the choice to continue to be a prince in Egypt. And life is good. But his choice, his choice was to suffer, to lose the glory of Egypt in exchange for the glory of heaven. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. He was looking toward heaven. So he made a choice. He made a better choice. He chose his master. And he chose to obey his master. Now, did he lose stuff? Yes. He lost his position. But what did he gain? He gained heaven. He was not able to see the promised land. God didn't allow him. But in the Mount of Transfiguration, who was there? Moses. So we know that he was in heaven, that he is in heaven. So choose your master. Choose your master because God has a will and plan for your life. And what is God's will and plan for your life? Second part of John chapter 10, verse 10. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. God's plan, if you choose God as your master, is to give you eternal life in heaven. His plan is to give you an abundant life here and now. Not necessarily financial riches, but a good life. An abundant life. A life that is full right here, right now. God's plan is in Jeremiah 29. I know, God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not destruction. To give you a future and a hope. You like that plan? I hope you do. That is God's plan for you. Now, how do we know? And how can we find out what the benefits are of doing God's will? What are the benefits of doing God's will? Look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Brother, I share with us from verse 9. I'm just amazed how God puts all of these things together. Let's read. This book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Wait, am I alone? Let's all read it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Does God want you to be prosperous and successful? Yes. And God gives us that blueprint. He promises to prosper us and give us success. He promises to protect us from the lies and the deceptions of Satan. He will, we will impact this world for him as we follow him, as we model Christ-likeness to the people around us. But it is contingent on being careful to obey all of his commandments. 
in Joshua chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written therein. Matthew 28. Obey all that I have commanded you. My friends, the only way, the pathway to blessing is your obedience to God. There is no other way. How, will the, how, how do I know what God's will then is? Well, first I have to read my Bible. I have to go to God's word. That's my primary number one resource. Well, I'll just phone a friend. I'll call Pastor Insong. Anyway, his number is there advertised on the website. That's my number, by the way. My number one resource is the Word of God. Second resource, through our authorities. My parents, my D-group leader, in the workplace, my boss. We have government. We are organized. We are structured. But each and every one of us has an authority above us. Yes or no? Yeah, even the President of the United States is answerable to a higher authority. Who? God. Why? There is no government that exists except that which God has installed. And if you rebel against the government that God has installed, guess what? You're rebelling against God. Through the counsel of godly people. Brother, sister, can I talk to you? I've got an issue. Maybe you can help me with this. Go to godly people. Don't go to the building down the street. Tarot reading. <laughs> Palm reading. Look for godly people. That's why we want you to what? Vault in. To what? To a discipleship group. So that you have people to carry the burden with you. And you can also help carry the burden of other people as set forth in Galatians chapter 6. Through circumstances. God will reveal His will for you through circumstances. God will open certain doors. God will close certain doors. Through God's peace. If you're making a decision, or if you've made the decision, and you're not at peace, can I submit to you? That is not of God. That's not of God. Because God is a God of peace. And He will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Continue. There we go again. Here we go again, inspecting the building. What? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And what will happen? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So if you've made a choice, or if you're about to make a choice, and there's no peace, don't. Because if that decision has the peace of God with it, more or less, that is the decision you should make. 
God has a plan for you. It's a good plan. But someone else has a plan for your life. What is Satan's will and plan for your life? Just as God has a plan for your life, the devil also has a plan for you. The first part of John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life in all its abundance. Yes? So what is Satan's plan? The thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to spend eternity in hell. He wants to rob you, to steal you of your joy, your innocence. He wants to destroy your life, your future, your relationships through sin. Sin is always pleasurable. But there is always negative consequence to sin. Do not be deceived. That just because sin is pleasurable, that it is the right choice. Choose your master. God has a plan for you, but the enemy, Satan, also has a plan for you. So you must choose. You must choose your master. Is the Lord Jesus Christ the master of your life? Or is he just your savior? After you choose your master, you choose your friends. Huh? Yes. You have to choose your friends. Why? Let's read. Do not be deceived. Why? Bad company corrupts good morals. Hang around. Spend time with the wrong people. Eventually, they rub off on you, right? You will adapt their habits, their practices. So choose your friends. Tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. Where were the friends of the prodigal son who parted with him when he still had money? Gone. When the money ran out, the friends ran away. Yes? Fair-weather friends are those who are with you only in good times. Real friends are those who will stick with you both in good times and in bad. I shared with you about Job, how his three friends kept on badgering him, trying to paint a bad picture of God. Even his wife said, curse God and die. True friends are those who will be honest with you, enough to tell you, brother, sister, that's wrong. Because faithful are the hurts of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Choose your friends. Who do you hang out with? Are they godly people? Are these the people that you will call when you're in trouble to seek godly counsel? Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. 
Choose your master. Choose your friends. Choose your mate. He who finds a wife finds favor with the Lord. Husbands, have you ever thanked God? God, thank you for your favor because I am blessed with a wife. Or do you always just ask favors from your wife? Can you get me a glass of water? Can you iron my clothes? Can you cook? Can you do this? He who finds a wife finds favor with the Lord. But do not keep on asking favors from your wife. They're a help. I know who's going to be in trouble tonight. The Bible says, they are our helpmates, not our helpers. Okay? Choose your mate. Why? The Bible is very clear. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Let's read this. Do not... Okay, again, again. You're not convinced that this is from the Bible. Again, do not... Do not be bound together. Do not be unequally yoked. Ibrahim, because you sit in front, I will ask you to come. Come, Ibrahim. He doesn't know this. Come here. Come here, come here. You stay here. Okay? You put your hand over here too. Okay. Up here, up here. No, no, no. Like this. There. Okay. A yoke of oxen is a pair. There is a wooden structure that they put in the neck. So they are supposed to go together. Okay? If you are an equally bound with an unbeliever, okay, you choose where you want to go, Ephraim. Go. Okay. Go, try. Where you going, man? <laughs> go, go, try. Try your best. Thank you, Ephraim. Let's give him a big hand. You see, the Bible is very wise. You have to marry someone who is of the same faith so that you go together, so that you journey in this life together. You're on the same path because they say heaven is up there and hell is down here. But if you marry the wrong spouse, it is like hell on earth. <laughs> because the Bible says you are married to your spouse for as long as he or she lives. So if you make the wrong decision because you're motivated to marry this person based on a wrong motive, guess what? Balik nyo ako sa Pilipinas. <laughs> Choose your mate. Now, here is a snapshot. Those of you, women who are looking for a husband, look at this. 
A wise husband is kind, compassionate, honest, hardworking, truthful, exercises self-control, has a gentle tongue, generous, willing to be corrected, listens to counsel, a man of integrity, faithful, reliable, forgiving, humble, temperate, fierce God, and is obedient to his word. Women, are this the kind of men that you want to marry one day? Is this the kind of husband that you have right now? Sorry, too late. Choose your mate. Man, are you looking for a godly woman to marry? Here we go. A godly wife fears and obeys God. Wise, honors her husband. Gracious, faithful, etc., etc. Why? Why etc., etc.? Because there is one whole chapter devoted to it. Please refer to Proverbs 31. <laughs> Too many to count. That's why I just put etc. etc. na lang. Men, husbands, is your wife a Proverbs 31 woman? You are single. Why do you answer? <laughs> Choose your mate. This is the person that you will spend the rest of your life with. So, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And if you go back to that, look at the warning. What have righteousness and lawlessness have to do with each other? What does light and darkness have to do with each other? What does oil and water have to do with each other? Oil and water, they don't mix. They don't mix. So be sure that you choose the right mate. After you choose the right master, you choose the right friends, you choose your right mate, you choose your mission. What is my mission in life? God has given us a mission and a commission. We have it here. This is why we exist. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all. Not just obey, obey all. That I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That, what is, I'm going to play a trick on you. If you've been in CCF for a long time, especially CCF Manila, what is the verb? What is the verb? Uh, some of you are cheating because you already know. The verb is not go. The verb is make disciples. The idea is like this. As you go about living your life, make disciples. What? CCF did not send me. No need for CCF to send you. God is giving you your marching orders. As you live out your Christianity, make disciples. If anything else, you have this to-do list 
which you believe is from God, know this, God commanded you and I to obey the Great Commission. This is our mission, to make disciples, to share the gospel with them. What is the gospel? The good news that there is eternal life in Christ Jesus alone. That as you come to faith in Him, you have the responsibility to live for Him. To live Christ-likeness in your life so that your life can be a reflection of Jesus Christ. So that through your life, people will come to get to know Him as well. But you, have another, you think you have another mission. Well, I think I'm called to do this. Well, I think I'm called to do that. Well and good if you have that secondary mission. But your main mission, my friend. And if you doubt, verse 18 says this. All authority, both in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. Therefore, who is giving you the command? God. And you will only obey if you have God as your master. If you are not willing to obey and you tell me that God is your master, but you're not willing to make disciples, can I challenge you? God is not really your master. Because you don't want to do what he is telling you to do, but at the same time you call him master? I always use this illustration. You know, in the Philippines, we have household helpers, right? Mila, can you get me coffee? No. I just finished washing your clothes. Can you not get up from your bed and make your own coffee? Uh, who is the master? Yes, Mila. The master, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who gave you life and the one who gave you eternal life is telling you, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Yes, pastor. I volunteer my wife. I volunteer my children. No. Did it, does it qualify? Uh, only pastors are supposed to do the work of evangelism and discipleship. Where does it say that? Oh, only women because they have more time than the men. Where does it say that? Only the children because they have a long life ahead of them. Where does it say that? It doesn't say that. Everyone who professes to be a child of God is involved and should be involved in this solitary mission to make disciples. You have a mission. And if you love God, you will obey the Great Commission. I don't have time. Of course you don't have time. Because you don't want to make time. How many of you in this room, can I see you? I want to know you. Have more than 24 hours in one day. Only Gouda has 25, open 25 hours. Yes. We all have the same 24 hours. We all have the same 24 hours. So we have to be creative. So what do we do? 
We disciple, couple on couple. What do we do? Oh, they live very far. Oh, they have this limited schedule. Okay, you have computer? Yes. You have Facebook? Yes. FaceTime. You don't have Facebook? Okay. Skype. You have Skype? And then you open up. Let's pray. Let's encourage one another. What do we do? Let's recite. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8. Do nothing. Okay, let's pray. Do nothing. Tapos <laughs> na. Yes? No. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but for the, per the interest of others. Have this attitude in your within yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of humankind, Taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So how were you this week? Did you practice humility and selflessness? A pastor? Oh, why? Why is your wife... Uh, Pointing to you. Well, he was not, I, I, yes, Pastor, I was not very kind to my wife. Why? What happened? This, 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 and this. Well, did you not remind yourself of Philippians 2, 3 to, 3 to 8? What are you supposed to do? Be humble. But I was selfish. So what do you plan to do? Will you ask forgiveness from your wife? Wife, will you forgive your husband? Yes. How about you, wife? What did you do? Well, you know, I think he reacted because I also did this, I also did that. So is that Christ-like? And then next meeting, so how are you this meeting, this week compared to last week? Or this month compared to last month? Why? Because we want to engage the entire congregation in disciple-making. Why? Well, that's what CCF stands for. Of course not. This is what God commanded us to do. This is not something that Pastor Peter Tanchi put up 30 plus years ago. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ himself told us that we should be busy doing. This is what we should be engaged in. Because life is a life of choices. What do these people have in common? Adolf Merkel, George Eastman, and René Villochet. Adolf Merkel is a big pharmaceutical guy from Germany. For a certain time, they were number one. George Eastman is the half. There were two of them. Eastman, Kodak. Of course, now it's just digital stuff. But way before, it was Eastman, Kodak. Film and camera and all that. Another billionaire. Rene Villouchier, another billionaire. What's common? That three of them also committed suicide. Why? Adolf Merkel invested money overseas. He lost 75% of his billions. Decided to commit suicide. 
East, George Eastman made another investment. He lost the investment, committed suicide. Rene Villuchet, what happened? He invested with Madoff, who made off with a lot of money. He lost $1.4 billion. When their money disappeared, what did they do? They decided to call it quits. They decided to end their lives. Why? Because they lost money. Life is just about money? My friends, money is just a medium of exchange. You learn that in Finance 1. What is Finance 1? Finance 1 is the finance before Finance 2. Finance 101, money is a medium of exchange. Barter is a medium of exchange. They exchanged their life. They took their own lives because their money was gone. So who was really their master? Their money. They, the, their value was in the amount of money that they had. When they lost it, they decided to end it. When John Rockefeller was interviewed, he said, Mr. Rockefeller, how much is enough? What did he say? Just a little more. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And those who pursue it fall into many traps. Those who pursue it fall into many heartaches. They lost it. So they decided to end their lives. The Bible is very clear, my friends. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Your passion for one will deplete your passion for another. So what should we do? Matthew 6.33, can we read this? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. A lot of us memorize this verse this way. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. What's wrong? I seek the kingdom of God. I don't seek his righteousness. What does that mean? I have God as my savior, but I am still the master. Why? I don't seek his righteousness. I don't choose to live a holy life. That's not the verse. The verse is telling us, seek God, you will find him. If you seek him and find him with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. If you seek me and find me with all your heart, now that you've found me, live a righteous life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He didn't say or. He says and. Jesus is my Savior and Jesus is also my Lord. Therefore, I strive by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me to live a righteous life. And what is God's promise? All these things. What are those things? I don't know. I don't know what God has in store for you. 
but claim this for yourself. If I seek God and seek his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. That's why we encourage you. Because we want you to be part of this mission and commission. That every member become a discipler. A disciple, a discipler. Why is that there? Disciple. I am a follower. Disciple. Disciple, mathetes, means follower. And then as I follow, what, do, what am I supposed to engage, be engaged in? Make disciples. If I do that, what am I? Am I, am, I am a disciple and I also am now a discipler. Where will I find these people, Pastor? Well, every family, a D group. You have a family? You can disciple your family. You can disciple them to Christ's likeness. Well, that's the job of the pastor. Nuh-uh. Ephesians says, the pastors are supposed to equip the saints for the work of service. Life is a life of choices, my friends. And we go back to where we started. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So what? Choose life. Choose life in order that you may live. You and all your descendants. How? By loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding fast to Him. Life is about choices. My family and I have made a choice. And there's an advance to Jam and to Francis. This will be our life verse in the victory wall. Well, not the whole thing, okay? Joshua chapter 24. And if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods... Gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Life is about choices. So choose. God has given you the freedom to choose. We are not free to escape the consequences of those choices. So what is your choice? Choose life, the Bible says. God said, I will call upon heaven to witness against you. He says, choose life. Who are we to choose? What are we to choose? Choose your master. Choose your friends. Choose your, choose your mission. Life is about choices. So choose. I cannot choose for you. You have to choose. Salvation is freely given. But you have to respond and make a choice. Let's pray. God, thank you for giving us the freedom to choose. Thank you for reminding us through your word that we will reap what we sow. If we continue to sow to the sinful nature, 
we will reap death. If we continue to sow to the Spirit, we will reap life. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will move in our hearts and in this, mid, in, in this place this morning. That as we give you the freedom to speak to us, you will reveal where you are in our lives. And if we, you are not present, then this is the time to come before you. To come clean. To seek your kingdom through Jesus Christ. And to follow you no matter what. If there are people here this morning who've made bad choices, Father, you're a God of grace. And you're a God of many chances. But whoever you are, you need to repent, to turn away from your sin and turn to God. And if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God Almighty, thank you for giving us the privilege of being able to choose. And it is my prayer for everyone here, our families who may not be here, that we always choose you. Because when we choose you, we always choose life. And it is an abundant life that you have prepared for us. May our choices Reflect our allegiance to you. And may our choices always reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray all of these things. Amen and amen.